Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I believe that the timing on this episode is super relevant, and there's nobody I'd rather have with me than Jane and Jason Saroyan of J2 Guides. If you're a follower of the podcast, you might remember Jane and Jason from prior episodes. Today, we're talking about gap year experiences during COVID. You might be thinking to yourself, this is not a good time to think about a gap year when in fact, the opposite is true. As Jane says, the gap year is not only surviving, it's thriving. During our conversation, we talk about all of the benefits of taking an intentional gap year during COVID, the key word in that sentence being intentional. Jane and Jason have been doing this for a very long time, and they are experts in their field. They work with families to find the right fit for every budget. If your family is just starting to think about a gap year, or if you're already deep into the research, there is so much great advice and information in this episode, you're not going to want to miss it. Let's get started. Welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Are you tired of watching the teenagers in your life trying desperately to keep up on the high school hamster wheel? Is your teen confused about which direction to take after high school graduation? Our world is changing, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they can feel empowered to make the choice that is best for them. Through interviews with industry experts and leaders in education, We will explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and I can't wait to take this journey with you. Hi, Jane and Jason. I am so thrilled to have you guys back on the podcast. You're three timers. This is your third trip on the podcast, and I'm beyond excited to talk to you again. And it's super relevant right now in the world that we live in. So before we get started, how about a quick introduction for my audience who may not have heard your previous episodes. And oh, by the way, episode 16 and 26 for those who will want to listen after this, and I'm sure they will. Um, But over to you. We're Jane and Jason Saroyan, a wife-husband team. We are accredited gap year counselors and the founders of J2 Guides. Gap year counselors are a very specialty niche of specialized educational consultant, and we work primarily around advising students who want or think they might want to take some gap time, whether that's between high school and whatever's next, or it's while they're in college, or whether it's post-college. We support individuals getting out in the world and having profound in-person experiences, virtual internships, live internships, volunteer opportunities, specialty courses, you name it. And here's the big question that I know is on everybody's minds. Gap year, gap time during COVID, how does that happen? And I mean, there's a lot, a big answer to that short question. Um, But let's start, well, first of all, let's start with what you guys are up to right now, because you packed it up and hit the road. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. (laughs) Yes, we do. And it's so good to be back, Betsy. We always love talking to you and your energy and passion is so aligned with our own. So um, yeah, so so we took a spin off of J2 Guides, our company, and we've branded it J2 Rides. So a lot of people are watching um, road trips and going to see family and recognizing maybe I want to live somewhere else for a month and still go to school or work remotely. And we saw this as an opportunity ourselves. So we have the great fortune of finding a converted Sprinter van. Um, we've wanted to do van life as a family for a long time. This seemed like the opportunity year. So we jumped on it. And just like jumping into a gap year, a big leap of faith, a healthy dose of research and a big leap of faith. Um, And we packed up our family and we are living in our van and traveling the country. And there's a lot to say about it. But our fundamental goal here is to help spotlight the American gap year, because the gap year is very much alive and well in the time of COVID. And I know that's going to be a lot of what we talk about in the time ahead. But We are actually dialing in right now from a program outside of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. We've just spent about six weeks traveling throughout Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, and Vermont, visiting gap year programs, visiting gap year students. And I just wrote recently to um, a bunch of our families, the gap year is not just surviving, it is thriving. And it's really exciting to see. 
I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, so many, I'm hearing from so many parents, their kids don't know what to do. Some are coming home from school at Thanksgiving and not going back, right? A lot of schools are saying they're going online. And a lot of the college students are saying, I don't want that. So I'm probably going to take the spring semester off or longer until we can be back on campus with all that the campus life entails, because let's be honest, that's a big part of going to college. So um, I think there's a lot of trepidation and concern about, well, if they're not going to go back to school, what are they going to do? And, you know, as you've talked about before, and as I know, a gap experience could be so many different things. Um, So why don't you talk about some of the programs you've been visiting and and what you're recommending or, or what the highlights are? Yeah. You know, we've been talking with families throughout the year leading up to this fall, suggesting and forecasting based on industry meetings we attend every week, um, talking with programs, talking with other professionals in the field that many of the options would be based here in the United States. And while we do have a few students who were lucky enough to be able to go abroad, most countries don't want Americans visiting right now and probably won't for quite a long time. So as Jane was saying, we've gotten a chance to visit quite a few programs in New England, and those have ranged from expeditionary wilderness programs where you might spend anywhere from a month to two months living in a tent or under a tarp, traversing a beautiful landscape, backpacking, rock climbing, whitewater, something, kayaking or canoeing. Um, And expeditionary programs are are alive and well and, and really finally getting their heyday here in the United States, really being heralded as one of the um, most risk-managed environments you can be in, right? Because if students arrive uh, healthy and happy and they go through an appropriate quarantine, all of a sudden this group then is out in the field, very little contact with anybody from the outside world, no outside health risk vector influences. And these students are now unmasked and really close together and really having kind of a leadership experience of their lifetime, which is amazing to see, at least from that Avenue. A whole nother angle um, is the, the site we're visiting right now, which is a sort of environmental leadership and social justice program, a residential program where, again, as Jason explained, the group went through a rigorous kind of quarantine period. And now they are a pod as visitors living in our van. We're parked really far from where they're living. We're invited to witness and, and observe um, program meetings from a distance and mast. And um, and we respect whatever protocols, but what we get to witness is a group that has had the benefit, which all of us are craving, to be together. And one of the events or, or meetings we got to watch last night was a debrief. How do you how do you prepare for coming home after, after a big experience like this? And one of the commonly held fears that the students had is, you know, we've been in this pod. We can hug. We can sit together. We can do things. And they have a very clear awareness due to the great facilitation of the team here, that they're going to go back home to a world still living actively in a pandemic. Um, but that that being separate from the fact that one of the pieces that we're seeing across the board, regardless of content, is the mental health of these young adults mm-hmm. is um, unparalleled in anything we've seen among our own friends who know how to take really good care of themselves. Like these young adults are breathing deeply. They are connecting deeply and yes, they're focused on content. Um, so that's really powerful. So, um, that's just a little bit, but also I think we could say something about some of the virtual things that are going on. Yeah, absolutely. So both Jane and I had several students who elected that they wanted to be at home, but they didn't want to be taking their academics online. Instead, what they wanted to do was get involved in a variety of different virtual activities. And that has ranged from virtual volunteering. So I have a student right now who's in Hawaii and she's living in Hawaii in an apartment with a friend and she's doing virtual volunteering with at-risk youth who are at a local teen center. She's doing some kind of pseudo-college advice and supporting them with their college applications. And she's also connecting with middle schoolers and doing some kind of uh, after-school games with them online and getting to just connect socially with them to be able to volunteer, which has been really neat. Um, Also, we have a student who is doing an international internship. And so he's getting to do an internship with a firm in Asia. And so he's waking up early every single day and he's logging in online and he's got this great business internship and really loving it, getting great firsthand experience. Uh, We've heard from many virtual internship providers that, in fact, the the quality 
quality of the internship and the quality of the supervision has had to increase because everything is virtual. And so students are actually getting way more contact with their supervisor than they ever would, which means they're being empowered with more projects. So that's another really interesting avenue of the virtual online, not not even to talk about the programs that are online. Right. And and language. and, and, And I know virtual is something that everyone sort of shuddered to really take on this fall. But those of our students and those who are listening that that is the right decision, we are absolutely seeing that even the virtual gap experience is clearly more fulfilling than most students who are trying to virtually slog through another semester of school. So another example um, is language learning. I have a young man who um, wanted to start working on a Spanish. Obviously, our plan A, the, the top goal had been that he'd be traveling in South America for Spanish. But shy of that, um, we got him one-on-one language lessons with a teacher in Cusco, Peru. And if you know, bans lift, he will actually be able to go to Cusco and meet that teacher and continue their work together. But shy of that, he's able to actually have an experience that's way more affordable, continuing to support a really small language school in a small town that's suffering hugely from the lack of tourism and building bridges. He's like, they'll take you on virtual cooking classes and virtual tours of homestay families and markets. So these programs are just, talk about thinking out of the box, like the gap year was almost born to meet something like a global pandemic, because we already are um, a, a team of professionals that are experiential educators, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're destined to think out of the box and try and think of creative ways to make fulfilling and meaningful connection and learning happen. And just, I get so overwhelmed with pride at, at how members in our field, both American and all of our um, cohorts internationally, have, have risen to still deliver experiences and create opportunities for connection and growth. And you know what's interesting, Betsy? <laughs> I think that one of the things that I'm noticing, I think one of the reasons students are thriving so much from a he- mental health standpoint, is that while the rest of us just continue to deal with unmet and constantly changing expectations where it's like, oh, the bar's over there now. Oh, the bar's over there now. Oh, I have to jump (laughs) over that now. Oh, I have to do this. Oh, it's changing again. These students are actually getting what was promised. They were given expectations and now they're actually in an environment where what was shared with them in advance is actually happening. And sure, everybody's pivoting a little and there are programs in the United States that are traveling right now. And maybe one county just went with a big COVID spike. So they actually have to rearrange the itinerary, but they're still with a group of people. They're still moving through. They're still engaged in the exact activities that they were talking about wanting to do before they started. And that I can tell you for us as individuals and for our own daughter, what is so hard every day is kind of waking up not knowing, right? Not knowing what the day holds and not because it's all a grand adventure because things just keep shifting. These students are actually really engaging in something that's substantive and that means they can grow, not just be at that survival Mm. plane. Yeah. I love that you guys brought up the mental health part of it because that is obviously huge. And the uncertainty of it all. I mean, for all of us, right? Whether you're a college student, a a high schooler like my boys, or an adult, you're right. It keeps changing. And just when we think it's improving, then it it spikes again. And we're like, wait, what? And I love that there are experiences, virtual or not, that don't have to continue to shift and reinvent and shift and reinvent during the program. Because even schools are having to go through that, right? Right. So that's amazing. And some of those sound really great. Like I would love to do those. Yeah. A student of mine just sent me a photo of a meal she made because of a virtual cooking class she's taking, right? Like again, doesn't on first blush sound like what we want, but I really do feel like our students are making lemonade out of lemons because the other piece of it, and I've talked a lot about this in the past is a lot of our traditional systems, are, we're still trying to force a square peg in a round hole. And that's why um, those of us with still active schoolers are so frustrated. And, are, you know, I put Jason and I in that that box. And, you know, we're, we're very grateful for our daughter's school and, and all of the administrators and teachers doing what they can do. But there's a sense that we're still trying to force an old system and it doesn't work. So I also don't want to paint a picture that these gap year programs are perfect. There's lots of pivoting um, constantly because as Jason said, if itinerary changes or things are happening that are affecting our students as well. So they are building that flexibility and resiliency, but 
they're also stepping into a program where, where um, it already is new. I'm not quite sure how to differentiate it, but again, we're not trying to say, you know, it's a nine to three school day still, and we're going to force it. And, and we're going to make in, instead there's just, there's a bit more agency. Maybe that's part of it. I, I can see that students feel like they have more say at a time when most of us feel like we don't have a lot of say. Mm, yeah. that, I think that's well articulated. Yeah. So let's talk about budget a little bit. So yeah. as I think of college students again, right, they've already forked over a, a big number in tuition, right? And now they're going to maybe take a semester or a year off, whatever they're going to do. And and funds might not be as plentiful as they would have been. Um, it sounds like from what you're saying, virtual is probably lower on the cost spectrum, right? And versus the other programs you talked about that are in person. Can you talk a little bit about that that range of what's available? Yeah, and, and I think it's also important when we talk about the range of things that are available to mention that Jane and I are firm believers now. 10 years of gap year counseling, each of us, you know, in that chair for 10 years, before that 15 years of direct program instruction as well as administration. We see that a productive gap year is something that's successful and rewarding, can look innumerable ways. It's really about students identifying what their goals are, what their aspirations are, what their needs are, and then finding activities that are going to meet that. So if it's got intention built in, if it's got a measure of structure built in, if they've built in a sense of peers and they've got a sense of ownership, working locally at home can look really productive as gap time or going and continuing your online education, but in a community of young adults where you've got more freedom and agency and you're not worried that your school housing is going to get shut down. So when we think about gap year experiences, we don't just have to think about these amazing organized programs. We can think about lots of virtual options and also working or travel or local volunteering. So um, it's the when we talk about these organized options for gap year students, sure, a semester of gap time traveling around the Western United States could cost you anywhere between ten and fifteen thousand dollars. But a virtual internship is probably going to be closer to between two and four thousand dollars for the entire semester, maybe even less. That's and great. And that virtual internship could include a ton of support, and again, as I suggested earlier, like kind of cultural activities, a cooking class, a dance class, and granted, it's virtual, but um community and exposure. So I, I think actually that that the the virtual aspect of of gap year is going to open is going to continue to open up possibilities to more and more students because of the sheer affordability of it. Um, and, and another piece was student who's on the program that we're visiting right now, she probably spent the bulk of her budget on this program. It's just about just about a $10,000 semester. It was really worth it. She got some support from her parents. She worked really hard to get here. Um, she's a current college student. And she's having a, a really tremendous experience. We just spent like an hour debriefing. She was just able to secure a paid internship for when she gets home. So let's not forget the power of being home and making money. That can be part of a productive gap year. And there's no reason why not. It doesn't always have to be away from home and certainly out of the country. But what's amazing is as we're talking about this, because it's a remote internship, she wants to be home for the holidays and have that quality time. But then she's talking about, hooking up with some of her other college girlfriends who are also taking time off and they're going to maybe rent a house somewhere. Um, and she also really wants Spanish immersion. Maybe if Costa Rica is still accepting Americans, which it is right now, um, she'll go to Costa Rica. So the other piece that virtual is allowing is she could actually live anywhere and continue to make money through this paid internship. So part of it's going to be at home, which is a really good way to save money because housing is one of the most expensive parts of a gap year. I right. probably said this last <laughs> in our last you did. yeah. Um, but we also potentially could kind of have her cake and eat it too, because the, the second big goal of hers was to have a Spanish immersion experience. So if we can find a safe place for her to live um, with some friends in Puerto Rico, Belize, Costa Rica, um, and they could form a, a bubble, a pod and live together. She could also still have the Spanish immersion experience and maintain this paid remote internship. So I won't go so far as to say that will be a cost neutral, but it's going to be a far more affordable option than she would have potentially ever had available to her prior to COVID. Um, so the creativity just kind of keeps going when it comes to um, budgeting, you know, and those kinds of options on the gap year. And some programs have picked up on this need as well and have actually created 
what you know, we could just call the campus model, where they have created a housing scenario where students who are either enrolled in school or who are doing virtual internships can come and live. And it's got high-speed internet. It has weekend activities planned if you want to join them. And you're meeting up with the other young adults between 18 and 22, living in what is essentially a COVID quarantine community. And that could be in Costa Rica. It could be in Hawaii. It could be in Jamaica. It could be in Puerto Rico. There's a pretty inspiring destinations that one might be able to go to if you wanted to be 20 and continue on with your education or your professional development. I'd like to be 20 and in Hawaii right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it sounds like from what you're saying, there are quite a few locations uh, abroad where you still can go. So sounds like South America mostly or. Well, um, you know, and it is changing frequently. It does change based on one's um, nationality. So we are talking through the lens, to be clear, of American passport holders. And when things really spiked in the U.S. like two months ago, maybe now, um, is when we really started seeing more restrictions on Americans being um, not welcome. And then countries are just starting to, like like Australia just has a ban on all non-residents. Um so um, currently, some of the more popular countries that students can still go to, it, it's um, Iceland, Ireland, Croatia, um, Bahamas, the Bahamas uh, Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Belize. Um, and th- those are kind of some, we, we, there were a number of students going to Israel um, this fall as well. Again, we all have to know and expect that this will continue to change um, as we brace ourselves for the winter and what right. we're and seeing um, in the news. So with respect to the international, you know, destinations, the, the, the process that Jason and I have taken all of our families through this year is, and you may remember this from uh, previous interviews, but we, we, we always start with people's goals. So we always start with this idea of what is your why? And then really helping our students to identify their fundamental goals for a gap year. And they may have one or two or three or five, but we want to hone in on a few fundamental goals. I want an internship in engineering. I want to get fluent in Chinese. I want to develop my confidence or maturity. And then, and then we work from there. And for some people, destination is a goal. You know, I've always wanted to go to X place. Generally speaking, though, the the goal that most students have has is not always driven by destination. So but what we do is we then take that goal and we come up with a plan A, B and C. And this has been our covid strategy with all of our families. So plan A is what is your dream way of achieving that goal? Let's keep dreaming big, because that is how we also see where students are passionate. Uh, We get so much information from that. Plan B is a modified version. So, okay, COVID does exist. Maybe plan A is a little unrealistic, a little bit of stretch. Let's make sure we've got a backup option. Again, it's still based on that primary goal. And plan C is let's have a virtual option for achieving that goal. So we're asking every student, and and we're going through this process with every student. So take those two, three, or four goals, come up with a plan A, B, or C for each so that we've got the backup plan for the backup plan. And so... A lot of our students had an international plan A, and thankfully, because of our urgency with them, our, our employer, whatever the word is, they all had that plan B, and pretty much everyone was on their plan B this fall, which was a U.S.-based alternative. Um, and I can just tell you, I just I haven't talked to one unhappy student, and mm-hmm. and. And, and, and this is coming from, you know, Jason and I, the bulk of our 25-year careers has been internationally. So, uh, and we love our country and we love the programming here. Um, but it's been really eye-opening for us to, too to see what are the core elements that gets a student happy. And really, it's being with peers and great mentors and really strong quality programming. And you could kind of almost put them anywhere. So, um, and, and, but to the student's credit, I think students are really... Um, they're really, they're bought in. They are, they are so hungry for this kind of experience and connection because of the pandemic that, that students are working really hard to make that lemonade out of lemons. Are you seeing mostly current college students come to you now, or is it a mix of kids who were supposed to start in the fall and are deferring? 
Yeah, it's been an interesting mix. Um, we saw in, in say, January of 2020, it was the typical cohort of students who were really excited about taking a gap year. They knew that up front or they were exploring the idea. By the time we hit April and May and college deadlines got pushed off for acceptance, now we were looking at a, a lot of students who had been bound for college who really knew they wanted to go to college who were considering gap year for the first time. And that was almost every single person we talked to from May through July. And now what we're starting to see are students who are, they went on to college and now their college has changed. They're either not welcoming freshmen back for the second semester or the school shut down early due to COVID or they had an incident where they didn't follow COVID guidelines and they were asked to leave early. There have been quite a few different scenarios that we have seen happen over the course of the summer and this early fall. Um, I, I expect that as students get out for Thanksgiving break, we are going to and and all the gap year field is going to be inundated with interest and requests. And colleges, for the most part, from what we've heard, are open to honoring those requests yeah. for taking a semester off because I think they know they're going to lose those students if they don't because yeah. this is not working out for most folks. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's got to be some flexibility on on the part of the universities. I think they're realizing that. Um, and not just for the rest of this year, but I I'm talking to a lot of high school parents who are like, my kid's thinking about it for next year too, um, next fall. So for parents who aren't on board with a gap year, still struggling with it, you know, their kids are coming home from school and they're really unhappy. And um, what would you say to those parents to help them get on board and, and get a better understanding of what it really means? Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd first start by asking what what's the, what's getting in the way, right? What what's the fear? Because I generally, I, I if I hear, oh, I'm, I'm worried they're going to lose their study habits, or I'm worried that they're never going to go back to college, or um, I'm worried that we can't afford it. Those are those are three questions that I I would be really prepared to answer. So to, to start off, it's you know really what can you articulate what the fear is and then and then dig for the research and find out um, that in fact students who take gap years achieve higher GPAs in college and are more consistently graduating in four years as opposed to the national average which is you know closer to six or seven so there's there's loads we could say um, even the students we're talking to right now the director of this program is a former student of mine and Jason's when we led a semester program in Tanzania 12 years ago and she is now a, not only a college graduate she's a 30 plus year old woman running a gap year program of her own. She will cite our program and her gap year as a turning point in her life. And that she be, she returned and stepped back onto the college campus so much more motivated, so much more engaged, so much more. She wasn't a passive recipient of her education anymore. She was ready to actively engage it. And, and it's hard for families to see that and know that in advance. And so that's what I always want to communicate to families is when we let students take the reins a little bit of their lives at this ripe age of 18, 19, 20. Um, and we make sure it's got focus. You know, we are talking about what Jason and I call the intentional gap year. So we, we're going to put order to it. We want to put some real focus. But when we, we let students take that breather and get off the hamster wheel, then um, you just start to see a, a, a more confident awake, um, excited, and curious student who, who really is recharged and who is ready to go back to school. Um, so that's one part that comes to my mind. I'm wondering what Jason would add. Well, and, and I, I want to just kind of piggyback off what you're saying, because for many adults who have college-age students or high school-age students about to go into college, I think we all know in our guts that this is not the way that we would ideally have this happen for our young adult, right? So there's a lot of pressure that a student needs to go right on, even though maybe the whole extent of their learning hasn't occurred up to that point in their high school years. And wouldn't it be amazing if the world were a place that was disrupted enough that we could actually just for a moment let our young adult who's about to become an adult just take a few more minutes to work on a few more of those things so that they could go into college actually excited about the learning and get the full value of it, not because they're keeping up with everybody else who's in their class. 
And guess what? That disruption just happened. COVID just happened. Everyone right now, every single person is being affected by the same factors in regard to higher education. So yes, some people are paying $60,000 a year right now to go to virtual Ivy League school. And sure, they will be out in three and a half more years, and that will put them in the workforce. But are is that really a justifiable amount to pay for online education when we actually all put a way a way higher value on the in-person part of college? So if that's not there, can we all just take a break and, and all agree on it's a timeout? What does my young adult really need right now? Could being out in the world with real world experiences actually augment their time and their interest in having that education? Isn't it much more about a holistic view of learning? Here's the timeout we've all been waiting for right? The hamster wheel stopped. Let's just look around for a moment and make the best choice for ourselves. Everybody's looking inward right now. What's most important to each of us? This is it. Like your child's mental health, your child's well-being, your child's launch pad into the future. This is the moment. And that's what gap year is. It is a bridge to that next area of your life. And it is a springboard towards your success. You can use it as a tool right now. It's readily available. You know, with with the amount, the volume of what's available virtually, I think a next step for a parent who's really new to the conversation would be to jump in on some webinars mm. um, to be just expose themselves. Take it like the college process. Just expose yourself to what's out there. And and I think families will quickly see the the the, the caliber of the people involved in our field, the in, intelligence and the empathy of lifelong educators who feel as passionately about your kids as you do, you know, um, and, and want to see young adults, you know, um, grow into the best version of themselves they can, um, intellectually, spiritually, whatever you want to call it. So I think jumping in on a handful of free webinars to get exposure to the kinds of things that are out there um, for parents uh, new to the conversation to Try and track down through those webinars references, other parents who sat in their shoes at one point who can speak to like, what did you see? Were there real impacts of the gap year on your child and and how did it affect them? I think just to, you know, it's in our world, it's 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 everything. But we re- we recognize that when people are new to the conversation, they can feel like the only one in their whole town who's ever thought about it. So it would be very quick to be met with shock or judgment or why would you do that why would you support your child to do something so crazy but actually the moment you crack open that door you'll realize there are thousands and thousands of of students who take gap years every year and many parents who sat in the same seat so so you have to move away from the naysayers and just do a little bit more education Mm -hmm. and it's it's not it's just within hands reach it's not that far so sit in on a few free webinars connect with some of the just the amazing minds behind this work and then talk to parents who've been through the journey before, just like you would with colleges. That's how it needs to be treated. Do the camp tour, talk to other parents and start to get a sense of what this field is really all about. Cause, cause it's not a new field um, at all, but it's still, you know, 50 plus years in the United States later, it's still really becoming more familiar to families um, here in our country. I, I love as always, your passion and enthusiasm and your depth of knowledge in this field. Every time I talk to you guys, I learn stuff. And I love what you said, Jason. It's it's a pivot, right? Like we all get to take this breath and go, what now? What's the right path? And I, you know, I'm a broken record on the podcast about that. It's, you know, choose the path that's best for your kid for now, right? That doesn't mean forever. It's for what's best for them right now. And, you know, to take our situation, the COVID situation right now that has been so awful for so many and to try and find a silver lining and a bright light within that and say, okay, this is the time for my young adult, teen, young adult to go off and do something that they never would have thought about before. Or as a parent, I never would have supported before because I had this conversation with somebody else recently. They're like, when else in your life are you going to do this? Because once you finish college, people say, oh, I'm going to take some gap time before I work. Not likely, right? I mean, most people go right out. They have the student debt. They go right out to work. And then, you know, and then you're working and then you get married and you have kids and you never have that time to just say, I'm going to go do something that really speaks to me. 
that's going to bet to your point. It's intentional. It's going to benefit me. I'm not just going off, you know, living on the land and having a party. Um, but I love that you guys are so focused on that, on making this situation that could be awful and is awful, maybe a little bit better for some. Yeah. And I, I love what you just said, Betsy, about it's about what's right now. I know for, for not just gap year, but for a lot of decisions, we, I think we all get stuck in like that somehow it's undoable and that it's lifelong. But in, in, and that really resonates for me because I've been talking a lot to families about, let's just talk about what the living and learning, I combine them both. What is the living and learning environment that's going to best support your child right now? So it's very, so that really picks up for me on what you were just saying, because um, for some, they'll say, yeah, living at home and going to school remotely, that's what's working best. Great. But if you can't answer that in the same way, then then can't we? Can we spend a semester exploring something slightly different? And and and, and it could even look like this kind of comes, comes back to the budgeting question as well. But we ask of our families to go through a process that we call resource mapping and to lay out all the various ways that we can explore our resources. And that, particularly with COVID, it's as relevant as ever. Well, let's start with our family. Who else do we know that we can maybe live with? If you need to get out of this house. So one of my students is actually traveling to New Mexico to live with his aunt and uncle, just a change of scenery. He loves his aunt and uncle, but he wants to get out of the Northeast this winter and go live with his aunt and uncle. And there's some interesting social justice work and theater. That's part of his interest. And he's going to get engaged in that. And his, I think, you know, there's paid work that his aunt and uncle could help him find and all different kinds of things. So, you know, be it from both budgeting, but also this notion of, of really trying to turn on its head what we traditionally think of gap years as, but see it as an opportunity for, again, what's the living and learning environment that's going to be most enriching and healthiest for our kids right now? And how can we help foster that? Great. Yeah, I love the creative ways that you you help families find to find a location, find the funds, figure out, you know, problem solve and figure out what they need to do to make it happen. So what advice would you have for parents of teens and young adults who maybe until now hadn't thought about gap years and are now faced with my kids coming home, he's not going back to school? Where do they start? And I know they start with you. So we're going to talk about where they can find you and and your webinars and your links and all that. But do you have any actionable steps or advice for parents to kind of get that ball rolling? Yeah, I I think it's really worth sitting down with your young adults um, face to face like adults and, and starting from a place of real love and empathy and say, look, Something's happened to you, right? Something's happened to you that you cannot control. It doesn't look anything like what you expected it to look like. And so how can we support you in taking agency so that you feel ownership, that you can move forward productively, right? And and if we can think about survival scenarios and we can think about just what it takes to thrive, but if you look at a lot of survival scenarios that have been documented, the people who do well in survival scenarios are people who t- are disciplined and who take agency and who take care of themselves. They find ways to make the miserable into something that is palatable. And that doesn't mean it looks exactly like they want, but let's make this into something that you feel like you have agency to change and have a role in. So I, that conversation right there, your young adult may look at you and say, I really need to be surrounded by friends right now, or the online learning isn't working for me at all, or I feel like I need to make money, or I feel like I just need that change of scenery that Jane's saying. Your young adult can tell you a lot. That doesn't mean there can't be parameters on it that you as a very experienced adult in the world can put there. It doesn't mean there can't be a budget limitation, but just hearing your young adult Mm -hmm. out is going gonna, is gonna to go a really long way. Um, you may need to recruit someone else to help you in that process, and that's fine, but that is the place to start. It's just really looking at them like, what's going on for you? What do you need right now? Yeah, I, I 100% agree, which is good with my husband and business partner. <laughs> but it, it's inspiring to be partnered with someone who, who is so eloquent. And um, I really love what Jason said because I think – um, it's so easy, and we, I say this as a parent too. To, to I have a I have a reaction almost immediately before my daughter's finished her sentence, 
And that's not always what she needs. She actually just needs to be held. She just needs to be validated that her online math class, and this is like real time today, her real time math class today was the pits. And she got off the call feeling terrible about herself, unhappy with the class and like a failure. And I could tell her all the time, oh my gosh, you're so smart. You're so good at math. All she needed in that moment was to be like, oh, I have been there. I am so sorry. What do you need right now? And it's easy to forget. Uh, and I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, but at, at particularly at this juncture, our young adults are coming to us very fragile. And mm. before we start putting up all that, we can't afford that. Of course, you're not going to stop school. Before we come up with all that, can we just hold space and everyone take a breather? And then start to kind of, well, let's let's do some information gathering. What's the harm? Um, so, yeah, I think just permission for them to dream. And, and, and it probably took a lot of guts for them to come up and say, I'm not sure this is working um, to really validate them because it's it's so real. Yeah. Yeah. The, com- the communication and conversations with our teens and young adults has shifted so much lately. And I've seen it even in my own house. You know, they've. They're not talking as much about it, but you can see, you can see it on their face. You can hear it in their voice that they're struggling. And let's flip this on the other, on its head, because I think I'm the only parent I know that's trying to convince my teenager to take a gap year after high school. And he's like, no, mom, I'm going to college. I'm like, let's just talk about it. Let's just sit down and weigh your options. And um, what would you say to parents like me who are trying to get help their teen open their mind a little bit to the to the possibility of a gap year. Any thoughts there? It's not that different from the advice given to the parent who is less confident about the gap year, which is just um, try to try to get that teen to some of those webinars. I think they're going to very quickly start to see what's possible. So so we really, it, it, it's sort of the same reply is my first reaction. We talk a lot about like in that moment as you're kind of laying out the college brochures and the dining room table, the gap year should just be part of that. Like, let's just explore what the pathways are. But particularly if students can have any access, again, through some virtual seminars and webinars and meet you know, some of the people behind these programs and learn about the varying levels of content, it's it's pretty compelling. Um, and hopefully students will, will start to see that. So, um, again, affirming the hesitation and say, great, I hear you and indulge me here. I'd love you to just sit on like one or two. Um, and we can help families like maybe find a few cherry picked, you know, webinars that might be in line with what their kids are interested in. Um, but I think that's a good start. I think it would also be really fun. And, and, you know, our daughter's 10, so I don't have a 17 year old that I'm trying to convince to do this yet, or we don't. But she's ten and three quarters. Ten and three quarters. By the way. <laughs> uh, but what if, what if you grabbed a gigantic piece of paper and some markers and set up a, a scene where the whole family got to sit down and you got a chance to say, so I want to talk about like your whole education for the next five years. Let's talk about what what do you see is your education? And maybe your teen says, well, I think it's going to college for four years and I'm going to figure out what my major and, and I'm going to study blank. And maybe they already even know what they want to stay. Great. And you can write that all down and, you know, they can do little prongs coming off that and brainstorming more. And then you could say, well, I would add in there. I think it'd be really wonderful if you learned how to cook for yourself. And here's why cooking is important and why it's a great part of your education as a young adult moving into adulthood. How, what are some other avenues that we can have you do that? And then you can start brainstorming more. Oh, well, an internship and getting firsthand experience would be a part of my education in the next few years. Well, where do you see that fitting in? Oh, it could be in the summer. Oh, well, what about some travel or what about some opportunity to be of service? What about learning how to do a budget? And all of a sudden, if you start laying out all these things, they're going to realize very quickly their education to becoming an adult and to practicing that in the next five years is quite broad. Um, And that many of those pieces of education are not going to be addressed in a college setting. And this is where they can for themselves identify well, how am I going to learn how to do those things? Like what happens when I graduate school and I've never had a credit card and I'm learning about that? What happens if I've never done a job interview or don't know how to make my resume? Where am I going to learn how to do all of those things? Because those things can all be addressed in the gap year. All of those things can be addressed early on in that time, even before a student goes on to college. They may for themselves say, 
well, maybe I'm going to shift the timeline or maybe I'm going to address some of these things this summer after high school. And then the summer after my freshman year, I'm going to do this. And maybe I'll take one semester in college. And all of a sudden you can start laying out a pathway that includes gap time, whether it's directly after high school or while they're in college. Okay, great. Great advice. Thank you. I take that that advice personally. Yeah, yeah, I like that approach because it takes the pressure off of, okay, let's just take it actually, let's take the gap year language out of it, which could be blocker like yeah. i'm shutting down because you said gap year yep but now yep. let's just talk about all your passions you know not just maybe your educational goals your life goals your passions your right. hobbies get them thinking about those things without the gap year spotlight and 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 it's sort of the maybe a bit of a, a side or back door yeah i think in the same way asking the parents also asking the kids well what's the block there why so why why the fervent no help me understand again always holding with curiosity most students will say I don't want to be on a different time frame than my peers. Yep. That's the number one fear. It's the FOMO. Yep. And then that's when you can kind of meet that with numbers. Like, well. <laughs> They'll still be in school. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Study show. You're actually probably going to graduate the same year, if not prior. Right. Um, and just, you know, shedding light on the fact that gap years are not in solitude. In fact, they're going to meet all new sorts of friends and on and on. So maybe again, also starting, well, what's, what's getting in the way there? Can I just, just help me understand? Um, yeah, that's great. That is great. So, you know, I could chat with you guys all day long. Um, I love when you come back. And so let's talk about where people can find you because you do have so many great resources and your webinars and so much online. So can you just kind of go through all that so people know where to find and follow you? Yeah. And, you know, we've picked, we just picked a handful of outlets that we like to spend time on, but, um, J, the letter J, the number two and the word guides, G U I D E S J two guides is pretty much our handle everywhere. So that's where we, that's our website, J two guides.com. And that's our handle on Facebook and Instagram. We do not tweet. Um, I know, but, um, some parents really like following us on LinkedIn and, and you could, you could, you know, search by J two guys, but um, really Jason and I both have our own individual profiles there. So our first and last name, Jane Soroyan or Jason Soroyan, but um, those are the primary ways. And as you said, Betsy, we do something called webinar Wednesday. So pretty much every Wednesday night, wherever we are, Jason and I broadcast a free 30 minute webinar. We have about a 20, 25 minute slide deck um, and we do Q and a. And so everybody's welcome counselors, parents, grandparents, students. Um, and we do some of the kind of gap year 101. And certainly it's really geared towards um, COVID-19 now. So that's great. Um, we have our website is is really clean. We've really cut down the number of pages on our website. So um, it's a very accessible way to learn a lot about our philosophy and our extensive history and the varied services that we offer. Um, and we have intentionally reshaped our services to meet all different kinds of budgets and needs and learning styles. So families can kind of go for the, you know, the most comprehensive. If they're like, I have a young adult who's going to have a pretty complicated gap year. I don't want to be involved with it at all. We want you guys to be in that mentorship role. You can do the full on most comprehensive model with lots of one-on-one time with me or Jason. Students get to choose their counselor. Um, and then we have at the beginning step, it's not even the beginning step, but for someone who's wants to do more of a DIY gap year, um, students can log into a, um, our kind of landmark, if that's the right word, signature online training that we've developed. And it's incredibly affordable. We offer a lot of scholarships for that. We do giveaways almost every month. And that trains students on how to, um, it goes through four primary model modules. They're like the building blocks of building out a gap year. And, and students can start with that. So we, we've really created a lot of different ways for students and families to interact with us and, and, and get the support of a gap year counselor. Um, and again, a gap year counselor, what are we? Am I a researcher? Yes. Am I helping to filter your options? Yes. Am I going to maybe step in as a mentor, um, as a kind of an aunt or in Jason's case, uncle? Absolutely. So um, we're we're experts in our field, but we see ourselves as much more as sort of um, one time someone called us midwives that we're <laughs> ushering young adults. You know, we're just here to help shepherd young adults 
through this and families through this experience to take the pressure sometimes of just that family dynamic um, and kind of help mediate that a little bit. And of course, put quality vetted programs in front of you. So, And the other thing I'd add, Betsy, is of course, we offer complimentary, you could call it a consultation, phone call. If any parent or student is just interested in learning more about the gap year and wants to share about what their interests are and understand whether or not there's opportunities that might meet those interests. And we're always happy to set those up. They can You can do that online and yeah. our website as well. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. I know you're on the road. I'm going to post pictures of of, from your social media. I'll share on mine so people can see your van and (laughs) your cool, cool van tripping. Um, But I'm jealous, by the way. Um, Thank you again for making time on your road schedule for talking to me. And I think this is going to be super helpful. And boy, is it relevant right now. So thanks. Thank you for having us and for doing the work you do, which is really, I mean, your your people like you are the partners we want to and friends we want to have, but you believe exactly what we believe, which is helping families understand that there are other ways to, 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 to get to the dream life you may have and to really open up other options. So we're really grateful to be, um, to know you and to be included in your podcast. Thank Thank you, Patsy. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you would share it with a friend or two. The more that listen, download, and share, the better others will be able to find it. Don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast player so new episodes will be delivered directly to you as soon as they're available. And if you have any topics or guests that you'd like me to bring onto the podcast, I welcome your suggestions. You can find me and connect with me on the High School Hamster Wheel Facebook page or on my website. All links and references mentioned during this episode can be found in the show notes. The High School Hamster Wheel Podcast is a proud partner of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living.